story of Upbuild began in a monastery. On our quest to understand ourselves more deeply, we recognize that it is our attachment to our egos, our identities, that gets in the way of being our true selves. This podcast will help you understand your ego. It will help you better understand your inner world, the motivations, insecurities, and emotions that affect your every action and relationship. Welcome to Upbuilding the Self. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Upbuilding the Self. I am Michael Sloyer, and I am here with the world's expert on humility. (laughs) No, of course, such a thing does not exist, but I am here with Razanath, and Razanath, you have written articles on humility. You often speak about humility at our workshops. You coach your clients on humility. And so in my world, you are actually the top expert on humility. So really excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, I just have to say, I feel so humbled on being called (laughs) the the expert on humility. (laughs) And I think the topic today is the paradoxical nature of humility itself, which I am very viscerally experiencing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. This is very meta as we're talking about the paradox of humility for our topic today. I appreciate you encouraging me on my desire to deeply understand this topic, which is where I think me writing those pieces and talking about humility comes from. I still don't fully understand, and I definitely don't fully live it, but I can say I have a very deep desire because I have had the experience of being in the presence of people who are very deeply humble. And in their presence is a very uplifting experience for me. So to get us started for our conversation, I want to start with a question that you posed in the piece that you wrote by the same name, The Paradox of Humility, last year. And that question is, do we truly desire humility or do we desire what humility or its projection can give us? So can you elaborate on why that is such an important question? It's such a vast topic. (laughs) And when we talk about a humble person, the word humility brings different kinds of responses in us emotionally. We think about humility as weakness, perhaps, at its worst, which is why sometimes when the word humble is used, the picture in our minds might be of someone who's weak. And on the brighter side, I would say the word humility evokes a sense of someone who is very open, very honest, perhaps, very authentic, perhaps. So there are various things that come to mind when we think about the word humility. So that is the starting point. Given that there is the spectrum that we have around the word humility, especially when we start with the premise that humility is synonymous to weakness, then yes, that's not a desired quality. (laughs) We don't naturally aspire to become humble. We want to be seen as someone successful, someone strong. When we think about humility as authenticity, as honesty, as realness, 
then yeah, sure enough, we desire humility, right? And we want to become humble or at least be seen as humble. Now, my experience with humility is that for most of us, dare I say for all of us, we don't start with desiring humility. We start with a desire to be liked. <laughs> we start with a desire to be loved. That's natural. And then if we are in an environment where we recognize with time that people don't love someone <laughs> who's proud, <laughs> then maybe we start to desire humility. <laughs> so I have to say that I feel a little exposed by some of what you just shared. First of all, when you shared about seeing humility as weakness, I can say that that was very much there for me growing up and through my 20s. And even now, it is something for people that are walking a very humble path and might not have the type of success that society or I, quote unquote, value, there is some of that unconscious feeling that those people are weak. And then the second thing is, as I've gotten older and as I've worked on myself and had more of a desire to become self-aware and closer to my true self, to become more authentic, I have desired humility so that I can have the identity of those things. And it's confusing because is it a real desire for humility or is it a desire for the fruits of what humility can bring if other people see me that way? Which is why the whole conversation around humility, even when this topic is brought about in leadership circles, for example, uh, my experience is that we are not talking about humility, but mostly a shadow of humility, right? And that is not to say that the shadow of humility is invalid. Many times before the real thing comes about, we have to first desire some form of it. So in that sense of the term, even if we desire humility for being liked, as an example, it's okay to get started. Now, what's important here is to not confuse the shadow of humility with the real thing. So while it might be helpful for us to get started on the path of truly becoming humble, it can also become a trap because when we do get the validation, we think we have reached humility when we probably haven't. Yeah. Okay. And you work with a lot of leaders who have a lot of material world success and the world is against them in terms of being humble. Like there's a lot <laughs> of success that they're having, wealth, fame, fortune, that it makes it hard for them to have humility. Also, it's possible that some of their lack of humility is what drove them to where they are today. And so there's a lot of factors going on. So you see this real time frequently through your work. Could you speak to some of the consequences, both personally and organization-wide, when people confuse this shadow humility with real humility? What I see many times, as an example, where when you have successfully led a team and you are being honored 
for successfully leading a team. And in your receiving the award speech, <laughs> you talk about how it's all teamwork. And it might be something that you're saying because you want to show how humble you are versus truly actually feeling that this has only been achieved through teamwork. There is a qualitative difference between those two things. Another example, which I very frequently see on social media, is when people share their posts around receiving an award or being called out by a celebrity, where they say, feeling deeply humbled <laughs> to be called out and then sharing it. <laughs> and then a lot of people are, <laughs> are liking that post. And you don't know whether it's actually just a projection of humility or if it's shadow humility, are you really trying to live it? So there are a lot of these shades of gray that we have to be able to look at and be able to perceive to know what the real thing is from the false thing. So what I see in leadership circles and even on you know day-to-day -day social media interactions is uh, there is a projection of humility that does receive a lot of validation too, <laughs> but it's not even close to what the real thing is. So how do we know what the real thing is? What do we do if you're like me and you're like, uh, I'm somewhere between complete shadow humility and starting to get a desire for real humility, but not there yet. Uh, it's a, it's a, again, it's a very good question. And to me, it just comes down to, well, how do you know a real diamond from a false one? I do compare the virtue of humility and it's stated in many wisdom texts that humility is the crest jewel of all virtues. It is the diamond of all virtues. And when we ask ourselves this question, well, how would I know a real diamond from a false one? <laughs> First of all, what it does take is to experience someone who is truly humble. And what does it feel to be in their presence? Because when we don't have that reference point, then we don't even know what the real thing is. So to me, that's where it starts. Really going about looking at your own life to see where are the experiences of real humility that we have had, mostly from a place of being on the receiving end of humility, meaning I'm witnessing someone being truly humble. And what did it do for me? That's the place to really start. Now, some of us may not even have had any of those experiences in our life. All that we have seen, perhaps, is the comparison of humility to weakness, which basically puts a very a bitter taste about the word humility in our months, right? And the second thing that we might have seen is the projection of humility, not the real thing. So if that's our reference point, then how do we even know what the real thing is? Yeah, okay, beautiful. So we don't want to look at a movie of our own life and be like, <laughs> where have I been humble? But instead, we want to look towards who are the people in my life who I feel like are close to real humility or are exhibiting the real thing? And in what specific ways has that shown up? And finally, what is the effect on me? And it might also be that, and this is the other thing with humility, sometimes you may not find people who are always humble, but you may have people in your lives who have been sometimes humble and their acts of humility have touched you. 
And this phrase, like what touches me, and you've shared this before in some of our conversations, that when you experience real humility, it's an experience of the heart. You feel moved by the experience. So it's not just about what is the humble act that I'm seeing, but really how is my heart being moved by that experience? And we, when we are introspective enough to look at that, we can tell the difference between the projection of it and the real thing. And you know what's powerful about humility is when you're in the presence of someone humble, you feel humbled. <laughs> it is incredible. It is incredible. It's almost like they have transmitted to you what they are experiencing, right? And initially, when that happens, <laughs> they're seeing through your ego into your deepest self. And <laughs> in their presence, you feel like this discomfort around around somebody seeing through me this is this is the famous uh, cs lewis quote right from his book the problem of pain he talks about how before humility comes about there is humiliation so he says humiliation comes before humility and when we see when we are in the presence of someone who's truly humble we are humiliated about the fact that we are not that <laughs> When you just said that, I felt a wave of truth just <laughs> of going through me, of feeling both in awe of this other person that they're actually exhibiting real humility, and then looking at myself and feeling a little humiliated that, is that even possible for me? Yes. And suddenly now, I am woken up to the fact that I don't even understand it. And that's the first experience of humility. You see how when we first acknowledge that I don't even know what that is, comes the seed of humility itself. Beautiful. What are some other kinds of humiliation that we might experience that C.S. Lewis was referring to as we are on the path towards humility? As I mentioned before, that the ego doesn't like humility. Um, because that essentially means the death of the ego. So the definition of humility comes from the word humus, meaning to be like the earth, to be like soil. Who wants to be that? Because the soil or the earth is a place where we put our feet on. right? And that's where the word humility comes from. So the ego is always projecting the opposite. <laughs> it wants to be someone great, someone who can, and at its worst, it's like, well, I can put my feet on somebody else's head, right? Like that's the experience or that's the genesis of the ego. So humility is, by definition, the death of the ego. So if we understand that, then talk about humiliation. <laughs> Every day is an experience of some sort of humiliation <laughs> that we go through because the ego is constantly challenged. We experience these challenges in whatever walk of life we are, whether we are in a leadership position, whether we are at work in not a leadership position, whether we are at home in an intimate relationship, whether we are raising kids, in every single walk of life in this world, we have to experience this confrontation to the ego. Right? And the confrontation and at UpBuild, we define the ego as an identity that I think I need to be rather than who I am. <laughs> and that identity is constantly challenged. And in that challenge, I experience humiliation. 
it's funny coming into this podcast and when you told me that we're going to be talking to the expert on humility, I experienced a simultaneous, like, oh my God, I better live up to it. <laughs> the feeling and the feeling like, well, what if things that come out of my mouth don't do justice to one, the topic of humility, but also what you just said. And in many times I've experienced how I go into a coaching session, for example, and a feeling like, well, I'm going to come out of this, like really feeling like I did a really good job. And sometimes the session doesn't go the way that I wanted for it. And I experienced humiliation. I experienced humiliation yesterday in the fact that I was supposed to be in this coaching session. And one of my partners, I was not able to be. And then one of my partners did this coaching session. And the person who was coached sent a very beautiful email back saying how amazing that session was. And I felt a sense of loss of my identity of being a coach because somebody else <laughs> took away the limelight. And it is so silly when you see it, but there was a pinch. And so those kinds of humiliation we experience on a daily basis because that humiliation is the seed of development of humility because it is starting the death of the ego. Very clear. And thank you for that example. I, I can relate deeply to it. Here's the interesting thing. When we resist that humiliation, then we are walking away from the opportunity to be humble. When we understand that humiliation as the doorway to a deeper humility, then we embrace that experience, even when it's uncomfortable. And I guarantee you, it's going to be uncomfortable. But when we embrace that and see that, wow, okay, referring to there I go again, <laughs> and saying this is necessary for me not to be attached to those identities that prop up my ego, then we start to consistently walk towards real humility. Beautiful. And, and there I go again was a phrase that we had shared on a previous podcast episode as a tool, as a framework to be able to call ourselves out when our ego is doing its thing and we're in lower levels of consciousness when we're not as aware and we're acting on the habitual patterns of the ego. So we can also now share that there I go again as a phrase is a tool to help us on the path towards real humility. Absolutely. So where do we go from here? For any of our listeners, what might be some concrete steps that they can take in order to move from shadow humility to real humility? To really flip around what I talked about earlier around how so many of us, including myself, have seen and continue to see humility as a sign of weakness. Humility requires tremendous strength. When you're truly the presence of someone who is humble, you see strength like no other. Because to really embrace our full authentic self, who we are, completely different from the ego, the real self, the strength that one experiences from living that is like none other. But how we develop that strength is in how we embrace the small moments of humiliation that we experience every day. And what I would encourage all of our listeners to do is, and this is a quote from our very dear, dare I say, teacher, uh, Richard Rohr, who we very often refer to his books, 
he says that I look for one good humiliation every day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, it, it's such a powerful, uh, and even when I think about it, I, I feel I feel the discomfort around it. But you know what? That comes about naturally. It's just that when it comes, how do we show up? And how can we look at that humiliation as the doorway to developing the strength of humility? How do we embrace it? How do we say, okay, yes, I'm experiencing shame here. And the experience of shame is only because I have projected something or I continue to project and invest in an identity that I want the world to see and validate versus who I truly am. And in that repeated embracing is the workout, is the muscle building of real humility. And what's amazing about that kind of working out, humility as a process itself is humble. And by, by that, what I mean is when I talk about this being the walk towards humility, nobody's going to feel excited and say, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. I feel so enlivened. <laughs> when I say enlivened, meaning I feel like, yes, I get a burst of energy. No, humility is a quiet, steady, consistent process. Yeah. And if that sounds boring, which it might to some, I want to underscore something that you just alluded to, which I think is so important, which is if we think that we can become our best self without being humble, we're wrong. That doesn't exist. There is no way for that to happen. So for anyone who wants to be their best self, they have to become humble. <laughs> <laughs> there is no option. There is no alternative. And the ego will say, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what the egos. I'm, <laughs> I am going to figure out a way. I'm going to be the only person. Who <laughs> and if your if your ego, for any of our listeners, if your ego was the <laughs> just shot up and said, "I'm going to figure out a way," let that be your humiliation for today. <laughs> <laughs> because I can say, in history. And this is when we say history repeats itself, right? Like the one thing that we haven't learned from history is what it has taught us. <laughs> there have been so many people in history who have tried it and who have failed. And at the end, have to swallow, quote unquote, the bitter pie of humility. Uh -huh. <laughs> so instead of it being, and uh, again, quoting Father Richard Rohr, we can become humble and there is a necessary suffering to become humble, or we can avoid humility and create a lot of unnecessary suffering for us and, and so many others around us. Beautiful. Well, that is, that is a great place to end. And as always, I appreciate your wisdom and you showing up with your full presence to our conversations and for the humility that you display on a day in and day out basis that I get to use as a model for where I wanna go. I am far from it. I can very truly say <laughs> I experience multiple humiliations every day. And it's a reminder for me uh, in terms of how far I am from the real thing. And the only thing I can say is I am just grateful to be surrounded by people who one, again, demonstrate that for me. And number two, encourage me to keep walking this path. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Thank you for listening to Upbuilding the Self. 
Upbuild is a leadership development company that offers workshops, coaching, and other services to help you on the path towards being your best self, free from the shackles of the ego. To learn more about our work, visit our website, upbuild.com, and sign up for our newsletter to gain access to podcasts, reflections, and upcoming events. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes to leave us a review so that others can find and benefit from the podcast. We look forward to being with you again next time.